as of this recording, Sarah Paulson has yet to change her Twitter handle to Scarab Paulson. It's the multiple timelines of the Halloween films this week on Why Do You Know That? Welcome to Why Do You Know That? The party podcast that wants to know why you know so much about a very specific topic. I'm Nadia Osman. I'm Steve Slaga. Hi, Steve. Hi, Nadia. We are well into uh, spooky-ooky times of October. Everything is on fire. Everything's on fire. Glow got canceled retroactively. I mean, it's lose-lose for everybody these days. <laughs> Ryan Murphy is going to do another thing. Uh, I, I saw somebody's tweet. Forgive me. Uh, I don't remember who you are, but you made me laugh, which was basically, he's just scrolling through Wikipedia having a great time, isn't he? Yeah. It's like for everything that's been canceled because of COVID, they just take all that money and send it to someone who's going to greenlight another Ryan Murphy um, situation, which, by the way, for background noise, I've been trying to keep it spooky-ooky-dooky. Mm-hmm. Um, and so first, I very quickly um, ran through the 1984 season of American Horror Story, which is my favorite. But then after that, I decided, let's keep the spooky Ryan Murphy, Emma Roberts stuff going. Tried to put on Scream Queens just to like have on. You know I like big choices and you know I like dumb stuff and you know I like horror and comedy. Yes. Unwatchable. (laughs) I'm sorry. I've held my tongue. Uh, Not uh, true. Oh no. I love Scream Queens. Okay. Listen. I, I've, I've said unwatchable. I didn't say I stopped watching. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of Scream Queens, Jamie Lee Curtis, anybody? There we go. Also on, yeah. Also on Scream Queens. Is she on Scream Queens? Yeah. Oh my God. Okay. This was the perfect seg. I wasn't uh, sure if I should be do because I didn't know if you were saying speaking of Scream Queens because she's like the Scream Queen or if because she was on Scream Queens. So just for for our um, for technical sake, let me give you a that's the sec alert going off. Let's bring in our wonderful guest today. You heard her earlier. She's a comedian, filmmaker and host of the podcast. It's always Halloween. Please welcome Lucy Tomlin Brenner. Hello. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. Of course. I'm sorry I didn't wait for my introduction to step no. in like you're wrong. <laughs> no, you had to take him to task because you had an opinion about a Ryan Murphy project. We've never done this on this show. We've never had an opinion about a Ryan Murphy project ever. Sarah, Paul- Sarah Paulson. Sarah Paulson. Guys, that was a mistake uh, of the tongue, but it turned out to not be. Get her on the phone. I have a Halloween Twitter handle for her. <laughs> if she doesn't use it, someone needs to. I know. I'm changing mine right now. <laughs> um. So for Halloween, uh, all months long, we're doing spooky ooky episodes. And today we are talking about the movie Halloween, specifically the insane timeline, chronological or otherwise, of the Halloween movie franchise. Uh, Luce, why do you know that? I love the Halloween franchise. It's my favorite film franchise, my favorite horror franchise. Uh, we're on Zoom right now. You guys can see I have a Halloween blanket on my couch behind me. Ooh. Um, 
I am obsessed with the entire, when people are like, oh yeah, I love Halloween. They usually don't mean the other movies. I get a lot of people shit on the other movies a lot, but I think each and every installment has something really fun and unique going for it. And I think that they work perfectly as an entire set. So Mm -hmm. I am constantly trying to spread the word of Halloween being the best film franchise. It is certainly one of the most, I think, uh, like when you think of large film franchises, and I'm not talking about the MCU or stuff like that. It's like, what, we got nine at Star Wars. How many do we have in Rocky? Like 10. There's 11 Halloween movies. Mm -hmm. It's huge. There's so many of them. And they're all over the map. And I've, I've, I studied a lot of flow charts in preparation for today, trying to make sense of it because as listeners may know, and certainly as Steve knows, I am just coming around to horror, both as a genre and as a lifestyle. Like I, I've always liked Halloween, but I've always liked like the, the fun parts of Halloween, the candy and the, uh, a cartoon ghost. Version yes. Of oddly enough, Nadia is not that big of a fan of the not fun parts of Halloween. <laughs> believe it or not. Um, I'm just somebody who doesn't like to get scared. So it's been like a long journey to try to get around the idea of like a haunted house can be fun. Uh, a horror experience can be fun, including going to see horror movies in theaters and watching horror movies uh, at home in the dark alone, all of that. Uh, like so, um, like scary movies for kids when you were little, like or even like younger. Like, would you get into like Coraline or uh, The Witches? Coraline, I liked uh, quite a bit. I feel like at the farthest I went was like a Casper or an Adams Family. Like mm-hmm. even Beetlejuice when I was younger, I was like, whoa. Beetlejuice really scared me as a kid. The face coming off, the decapitation, mm-hmm. the way that yeah. um, their faces get pulled and lift open, and like a alligatory kind of ways really disturbing he's also a real sex creep he is (laughs) Uh, when you were a kid luce were there any particular halloween movies or scary slash horror films that really stuck out for you uh so i was actually a very delicate child and i did not love horror movies uh at a very young age so like ghostbusters and beetlejuice scared me a lot under the age of 10 a lot watership down really terrified me i don't know if you've seen it it's about bunny murdered into the afterlife Mm-hmm. That is a terrifying movie. Very disturbing. But I got really into like the Alvin Schwartz's scary stories to tell in dark, the Ooh. Universal Monster movie books. Uh, I loved Vincent Price movies. I loved The Haunting. A lot of like older black and white scary movies I liked a lot. So like you were saying with yourself, Nadia, like I, I liked all of the creepy aspects of Halloween. But if it got too violent, like I was my whole life, I've been very scared of um, uh, break-ins. You know, uh, home invasions. So I didn't like slashers when I was younger because I I kind of equated those two until um, uh, I think it was like, uh, what's the, I know you did last summer. When that came out, when it was on TV, I remember my mom got me up at like two in the morning was like, I know what you did last summer. It's on HBO. Come watch it with me. I don't want to watch it alone. (laughs) I was probably like 13 or 14, maybe older than that. I don't remember when it came out. Oh my God. Um, and so I did, and then I was like, oh, these are really silly. Like, it's fun. It's there's scary aspects of it, but I'm not scared of these slash. It made me realize that, like, the slasher, like, figures in those movies aren't the same thing as even the strangers being like, mm, you are home. Yeah. Uh, 
And so then I started getting, then I watched Scream and I got really into that. And the Halloween movies, I actually remember them always being on TV, like trick or treat night, you know, and coming home and having it be on like channel three or something. And it just scared me so much. So I didn't even end up watching them until I was in college. And then I just got obsessed with those and Friday the 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street. And then as time went on, I got more and more and more into the Halloween franchise because I love the holiday so much. And each each entry of the movie has so much cool, like autumnal qualities to it. It's like all the things you like about Halloween are scattered throughout the movie. So it's like very like feast for the eyes if you like Halloween styled things. Right. Uh, and it certainly, I think, sets the tone, not just for... Uh, I mean, there were slasher movies before and there's been slasher movies since, but it kind of like reigns king as both a horror film, a slasher film, and certainly uh, a fall film, yes, if you will. Something else that makes it special too, uh, the first one, the first couple ones too, John Carpenter and Deborah Hill wrote them together and produced them together. And a lot of people, you know, John Carpenter is so prolific that Deborah Hill's name gets lost in the shuffle a lot, but she was a huge impact on the female characters in Halloween being really interesting and well-rounded and kind of different than what we had seen in movies before that. Um, and it is sort of as like one of the first slashers in America, but Black Christmas and um, Texas Chainsaw kind of did right. the girl thing before Halloween, but Halloween gets a lot of the credit for it. I think because it then became franchised so quickly. Yeah. And it's also, a, oh, I mean, Texas Chainsaw is pretty scrappy, but uh, <laughs> Halloween is equally scrappy. It's a very, it's just crazed serial killer stalks babysitter. Mm-hmm. End of end of log line. Like there's not <laughs> a ton to fill in there. And if, much in like, like say with John Carpenter's The Thing or other stuff that he's done, it's very much just about building mood, building tension. Monsters. Yes, exactly. And mm, even more of the psych thriller aspect than, say, like the original Texas Chainsaw, where it's, you know, they they come in and then the blood starts. Mm -hmm. Uh (laughs) Yeah, the first Halloween is pretty bloodless. There's not really any blood in it. It's violent, but it's almost as implied as, you know, horror movies from the 50s and 60s. Uh, I love that it was going to be first called The Babysitter Murders. Yeah, it sounds like a book, like a Christopher Pike book you'd pick up at the library. When you're- <laughs> yes, it's just <laughs> it's a total airport read. The babysitter yes. <laughs> murders. And then somebody was like, we should do this around a holiday, which uh, it feels a little like, yeah, OK, sure. I mean, obviously it worked, but it's just this idea that somebody went, hmm, the babysitter murders. I don't know. You know what we should do? that big famous holiday that way everybody will remember sure. it and no one will ever get it confused and when people <laughs> are having normal conversations they'll definitely know we mean the film and not the holiday i think it's genius i don't yeah. think i don't think you would get 11 films out of the babysitter murders That's three true. of which are called halloween and two of which are called halloween too <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so Lucy, can you run down all 11 just by title? (laughs) Yes, definitely. Um, Let's go in order, shall we? Yes. Uh, So Halloween 1978, followed up by Halloween 2, followed up by Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, followed up by 
Halloween 4, The Return of Michael Myers, Halloween 5, The Revenge of Michael Myers, Halloween 6, The Curse of Michael Myers, then Halloween H2O, 20 years later, uh, Halloween Resurrection, and then we sort of do a hop, skip, and a jump, and we have Rob Zombie's Halloween and Halloween 2, and then we come to Modern Times 2018's Halloween by uh, Danny, Bri- Danny McBride and David Gordon Green. It's a lot of Halloweens. Uh, <laughs> out of, uh, <laughs> before we get into the chronology of it and all, uh, what are, I know this is a little like choosing a favorite child, Wh- which are the ones that stand out for you as like, I, this for is sure. my favorite. Um, I love Halloween 1 and 2. I love Season of the Witch, which we'll get into a little bit. It doesn't have anything to do with the overall franchise. Um, I really love H2O. I do not like the Rob Zombie versions, and I really loved the most recent 2018. Okay. Um, Steve, have you seen all 11? I've seen all 11, and I... I, I pretty much agree with Luce. I think um, I don't mind the first Rob Zombie one. It was fine, but it was very much like, why? Um, and I think H2O is probably my favorite. As I say okay. that Scream Queens oh, is unwatchable, okay. here I am admitting that Halloween <laughs> no, H2O is my favorite really, of the series. It's very good. It's an excellent movie. I'm it sorry. Is. It's very well done. And, um, you know, we're all of the same age uh, group. So there's a nostalgic quality of like, oh, yeah, those slash those teen slashers that came out when we were like young teenagers. Mm-hmm. Like it has that like, oh, cool, late 90s feel. Yeah, that post scream like, kind of. Exactly. That like meta, we get it. We're making little jokes. They understand mm-hmm. how our comedy works. Yeah. Um, it's there's really a, like the celebrities in it too, which I yeah. really think is fun. There's a great moment in Halloween H2O where um, Vivian Lee, J- Jamie Lee Curtis's real life mom, plays like the like head of the school where Jamie Lee Curtis works or oh, cool. vice versa. Um, and as she's leaving, she says that someone needs to take care of the drains in the uh, women's bathroom. And then she gets into a car that's the same one that her character drove in Psycho. And they have a little musical sting of the Psycho score as mm-hmm. she leaves. Um, Janet Lee, not Vivian Lee. I was going to say, Vivian Lee. <laughs> Janet like, Lee from Psycho. Scarlett O'Hara? Um, that Is would Jamie be cool. Lee Curtis's mom? That I would was... be quite a cameo. But Janet <laughs> Janet Lee from Psycho has a uh, has a little cameo in her I wish I realized. Her mom, so she had lesbian moms who were huge silver screen stars. <laughs> I realized that uh, Jamie Lee Curtis's mom was Janet Lee. Mm-hmm. You learn something new every day. Uh, um, um, uh, shit, I lost my place. Uh, is one of your favorite parts, this is what I was going to ask, is one of your favorite parts of uh, Halloween H2O the fact that Busta Rhymes is in it? <laughs> uh, Busta Rhymes is actually in uh, Resurrection. He's in Resurrection. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. You're right. It's in my notes. I- I do yeah. think that Buster Rhymes has a great role in Resurrection. Resurrection is trash. It's one of the worst movies ever made. But what's great about it is that it is about this very specific point in time that we don't have that many movies from where the internet was really new and reality television was really new. And you know, the internet changed so quickly, like from like 
its inception, like when it was getting kind of popular in like the late nineties until like, let's say when Facebook was invented, that's only seven years, but like every year it changed dramatically. So resurrection has this very specific year of like webcams and chat rooms and reality television that it only is from 1999. Do you know what I mean? Like you're yes. watching 1999 in this very specific way that other movies don't really capture. Yeah. And Best Friends is really funny in it. And Tyra Banks is in it. Um, it has its moments. Yeah, it's, it's very a- similar to, um, I always think of gold Motorola razors as another thing. Like I was rewatching Damages a couple months ago and Ted Danson, who's super rich and successful, has a gold Motorola razor. And it's like, there is such a small window of time when that means something like that was a status symbol. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because um, phones changed yeah. so quickly. Totally. Mm-hmm. That was like that mid 2000s swag. Yeah. <laughs> I feel that way about Halloween Resurrection too. It's very like, it's kind of like charming to watch in its own way of like, hey, I remember that four seconds when this is how technology worked and how we That's responded a- to it. <laughs> Yes, exactly right. So I think it works really great as a time capsule of that moment. It sucks for other reasons. I don't know when um, they killed uh, Lori Strode off in a really offensive, awful way. Uh, that's not fair to her or the series. Um, and most of the characters are extremely irritating. You like don't care who dies. So that stuff's frustrating. But I like the general conceit of the story. So I will continue to watch it. Yeah. Every year. <laughs> they go to the house. That's exciting. They go back to the to the Myers house, which is, you know, you really with see that, that concept movie. and taking place in the house. It's hard to muck it up as much as they kind of did, but it's almost it's almost like congratulations on being like hand fed a perfect concept for a Halloween movie and doing so poorly with it. Yes. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I show up for the concept and the concept alone. (laughs) (laughs) You have a shirt that says that, right? You go to all the premieres of all the movies with a shirt that says, I'm here for the concept. (laughs) (laughs) And on the back, it's like themes, get out of here. Character (laughs) development, take a hike. I'm here for the concepts. Fuck motifs. Nice try, really small. (laughs) Um, can you give us a quick breakdown? Like, let's just imagine aliens came down and we're trying to explain like, yes, we watch movies and we have a genre called horror where we deliberately get scared. And this is one of the greatest of that genre. And they're like, tell us more. What would you tell these aliens that like in a nutshell, maybe not all 11 movies, but maybe like the first couple, what the Halloween franchise is ostensibly about. Okay, here we go. I like that you stretched before (laughs) this. I have to take advantage of the fact that I'm seeing people, you know, special time I have to pantomime as much as possible. Not great for the listeners, but if I can entertain two people today, that's enough. <laughs> um, well, uh, should we get into the timeline of it as I describe it? Because there is like five different ways to watch the, the it goes in different directions depending which way you're watching it. Yeah, let's start with, okay, let's say timeline one, where it would be Halloween from 78, Halloween 2 from 81, so those two originals, Halloween 4, Halloween 5, and then Halloween 6. These are all Michael Myers-based, right? Like this kind of the original timeline? Yes, I call that, well, there's two, I call there's a Laurie Strode timeline one, there's Laurie Strode timeline two, and then there's the Jamie Strode timeline, which is actually what I call the one that you just said. Okay. Uh, Let's go with um, 
Let's go with Jamie Strode timeline one, which is the first one, the second one, H2O, H2O and resurrection. And I say okay. that because that's the one where Laurie Strode stays alive the entire time. Mm-hmm. And then in the, the Jamie, or excuse me. Yeah, that's when Laurie Strode stays alive. So that one is that uh, Michael Myers killed his sister uh, in Halloween uh, in like the 19 late sixties, he was eight years old. He gets sent to the mental institution 15 years later. It's 1978. He's being transferred from institutions. He breaks out and goes back to his hometown, Haddonfield and goes to his house and decides to start killing the babysitters that he stalks in his neighborhood. So that's the first one. The second one picks up exactly where the first one leaves off the same night, which I really like a lot and I think is underrated. Um, So it's like Laurie Stroh, Jamie Lee Curtis is the only one who survives. She goes to the hospital after her injuries and then he stalks her at the hospital and the whole thing takes place at the hospital. Solid second beat. Solid, solid second beat. Yeah, the third one's in space. (laughs) 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 <laughs> Which is, uh, we laugh, but it did only take Friday the 13th 10 movies to get to space. So. Yes, exactly. <laughs> they were a little uh, messed up on the Herald format, but they got there. <laughs> um, so the third, okay, so the third one is what we're not talking about. Then we jump forward to H2O. So in this timeline, it's only one and two H2O and Resurrection that exists. Because in all the movies in between, there is no Laurie Strode. Mm. So... Laurie Strode is then in H2O 20 years later. So it's 1998. And in the time between 1978 and 1998, she changes her name and she moves across the country to California. And she has a son who's named John. And she's the principal of this private elite boarding school where John goes to school with his girlfriend played by Michelle Williams. John is played by Josh Hartnett, very of the moment. Um, LL Cool J is the uh, security guard. So Michael finds, comes to California to kill Laurie Strode and her whole family. Uh, madness ensues. Laurie Strode is able to decapitate him. Oh my God, Michael's finally dead. But then H2O Resurrect, or excuse me, Halloween Resurrection, the next one is the fact that it turns out she didn't decapitate Michael. She accidentally decapitated an EMT. So she's going crazy. She can't handle what she did. And now she's in the mental institution where Michael tracks her down and then they fight under the top of the roof and then he throws her to the ground and she dies, which is terrible. Yeah, so, and they also do that in like it's opening moments. Yes, yeah. in the first 10 minutes. And then the rest of it, you're just watching this reality TV show with uh, kids that you don't care about. <laughs> Yeah, and and Tyra become, Banks. Yeah, and then you become on Michael's side. It's weird because at first you're like, this is terrible, Lori. And then it immediately makes you be like, yay, Michael, because yeah. all the other people are so awful. Yeah, you oh, check your watch no. like, oh, man, these kids better start dying faster. We got 45 minutes left. <laughs> There's so much like college kids talking about like what well, my philosophy is. You know, men and women are never meant to be monogamous. And they're like, oh, they've been making this argument for 40 years. <laughs> <laughs> A guy comes in with a guitar. He's just like noodling on it. He's like, "Hey, what's up? I just wanted to, I just wanted to groove with y'all." Yeah, I'm positing a theory about monogamy. Play some <laughs> crunchy grooves, yeah. and you're like, "No, make it stop." Um, and then Michael Myers, like, you know, busts the acoustic guitar neck and shoves it through him, and you're like, "Yay!" Busts. 
He busts a bus. Bust a bus. Buster Rhymes comes in. They bust against bust. It's a bust off. <laughs> um, so, so that's so that's the Laurie Strode timeline. Is that like your favorite way? Is that the way that you would suggest people who might be new to this watch? Or are you just like, that's one timeline that works? I like that timeline because you get the most Laurie Strode. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's my favorite heroine. And I think Jamie Lee Curtis is incredible. And so um, that's succinct, consistent. She's mm-hmm. like consistently grounded in this role. And it's amazing because I think lesser actresses or maybe even like more pretentious actresses would be pissed to be stuck in this role where she seems to have loved Laurie Strode her whole life. She always is bringing so much to it. Right. So I love that you get the most of Jamie Lee Curtis. Um, then there, there's Laurie Strode timeline two, which is Halloween 1978 and Halloween 2018 which Danny McBride and David Gordon Green made as if there were no other Halloween movies. And it's just like 78 and 2018 together. Oh so, my God. So this is a version where there's 30 years apart. Yes. Okay. Is that no 40, 40 years. You're right. I am bad at math. Um, okay. So, in, so in this version, the idea is that the original uh, Michael Myers is coming back to stalk all the babysitters because he is crazy uh basically there's real no real justification for him right it's just no because in the second one i forgot to say this in the second one at the hospital they discover that uh michael and Lori are sister and brother and that's why he keeps wanting to stalk her so that's what you figure out in number two and then danny mcbride and david gordon green didn't like that subplot so they got rid of number two so now it's like they're not related it's just a random obsession with Lori strode specifically hmm um, I think it's really interesting because they spent a lot of time leading up to the release, which I, I thought 2018 was a perfect horror film. It was really scary. It was really um, bizarrely violent in like clever, interesting ways I hadn't seen before. And it had like this cool like non-forced Me Too subplot about like Lori basically being a survivor of trauma. And okay. I thought they explored PTSD in a really realistic, nuanced way that didn't feel like it was pandering at all. I was going to ask if like they ever bring that up in any of these films, because quite clearly she goes through so much. And I think we're just now, maybe because we're living in the age of post me too, that we are finally, for example, like say invisible man, that's just Mm -hmm. a movie that's all about believe women. And that's literally the message. And you never find out for sure who's telling the truth, where you just have to believe her this whole time that the thing Mm -hmm. is true. Uh, and I I was wondering, like, oh, is this something that we think they're going to continue to bring up in something as old as, say, the Halloween franchise? Because clearly continuity is, is let's say they put it a little bit on the back burner in favor of whatever <laughs> the story is that they wish to tell with these characters. Totally. Um, a lot of shoe warning. Yeah. And the idea being that, like, Jamie Schuster is dead. Mm, no. <laughs> yeah. nah fuck it we'll bring her back like there's clearly like the, 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 there's not a uh, preciousness shall we say so yeah, it's not a mistaken identity is we thought this but it wasn't this I'm like right. okay, nothing matters <laughs> yeah <laughs> just like life um it might be the most true to life franchise possible yeah. nothing in those, matters in those halloween films like if you get a halloween sequel if you're like booked to direct a halloween sequel it's pretty much carte blanche you can be like i'd like to complete 
completely refresh and start over. I'd like to refresh and start over um, as of the third movie. Mm -hmm. uh, like just whatever you want, timeline wise. They're just like, sure. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? Ryan Murphy, you can do whatever you want. Of do course not you can name a character Sarah Paulson. <laughs> do not curse my franchise with Ryan Murphy's name. I cannot have him anywhere near this. <laughs> my deepest apologies. Uh, <laughs> mea culpa. Uh, uh, um, but yeah, I, how do you feel about doing more of that kind of thing and bringing in the actual trauma um, of what any uh, horror heroine experiences. I like it a lot because it's, it grounds these characters and it makes them more realistic. It makes the violence realistic, which means that the violence has more stakes, which means that it's more exciting to watch. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think anybody who kind of has a complaint about that, uh, and they're coming from an anti-feminist kind of perspective, are really kind of showing their hand that they just want to see like tits and women getting killed. Um, because anybody who loves horror wants there to be higher stakes. You want to be scared. You want to feel like things are really fucked up. And in the newest Halloween, things feel really fucked up. And it's really, it's like very sad, but also like, just, you know, Michael's going to come. So then you're like, how can she handle it? Will she be able to handle it? It just felt like the stakes were so high in the newest Halloween. Yeah. And I was so excited for the final showdown. Um, and it's just, it felt all the more exciting when, did, have you guys both seen it? Yeah. Uh, no, I watched a bunch of clips of all the various franchise as much as I could and prep for this, but I didn't have a chance to watch the full movies. No, um, okay. I just, I don't want to ruin the ending. It's so good. And I think it's a really powerful ending that is good because of the PTSD and like the idea of fighting off predators is really uh, resonant for every woman who has ever lived on earth. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's true. It is sadly true. And then uh, I'll say H2O is also about her PTSD. And that's another reason I think it's good is she's also like, you can see how much her intensity with her fear of Michael Myers has affected her relationship with her son, Josh Hartnett, who, um, which you also see in the newest one with her daughter played by Judy Greer. My, my sons and daughters, Josh Hartnett and Judy Greer have had to lose me. <laughs> lose a part of me as a mother. <laughs> yeah, so it's almost some of the timelines you could follow by her kids too. So it's like Laurie Strode timeline one could be known as the uh, John timeline because that's when uh, John uh, Josh Hartnett is her kid, and then uh, Laurie Strode timeline two could be the Karen timeline. That's when Judy Greer is her kid, and then I call the Janie Strode timeline. Uh, the one where Jamie is her kid, which is very funny, like Jamie Lee Curtis, you know. Lori mm -hmm. Strode's kid is named Jamie Strode. So that's the one we can talk about next. And that's the one that goes one, two, return of Michael Myers, revenge of Michael Myers, and curse of Michael Myers. Okay. So this is the one that in my head I refer to as the Michael Myers timeline, mostly because he just keeps showing up in the titles. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But this is the one where Lori Strode's in the first two, and then four, five, and six, no Jamie Lee Curtis, no Lori Strode. So in the beginning of the, uh, I guess we should say to understand number four, you have to talk about Season of the Witch, which is number three, which I recommend either watching first 
or last because it has nothing to do with the series at all and is a standalone horror movie because originally John Carpenter wanted to have an anthology series every year, speaking of Ryan Murphy. <laughs> he was trying to do a Halloween movie every year and have like a different creepy Halloween theme. So he did the first two about Michael Myers so he could finish the story. And then the third one, Season of the Witch, is supposed to be his exploration to another Halloween story. But everyone hated it so much because there was no Michael Myers that then the studios had to come back and do number four as the return of Michael Myers to make it clear to everybody that Michael Myers is back. And this is what you want, right? So the idea of the yearly different uh, Halloween anthology, we never it was never realized. I feel like that's still a cool thing that would be exciting if somebody jumped on that. If they continued the season of the witch, uh, just having a events? different no, just having like a different Halloween, like an anthology series that has something to do. With oh Halloween yes, yeah, okay. I like okay, I that idea. Um, right? I think it's so like it. It's weird because to do Michael Myers twice and then start something new, I think is very strange. I think it would have worked better if they wouldn't have done two. Halloween Michael mm-hmm. Myers before Season of the Witch, but you know, I love no, a choice. Right. Well, you know, the third one's supposed to complete the pattern, so... Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and, and boy does it, because Season of the Witch, I was like, huh? When I was reading it, because it's just like, there's there's robots and killer television? Um, sort of. So Season of the Witch is awesome. It's a totally different story. Tom Atkinson from uh, The Fog, another John Carpenter movie, is in it. Um, and it's about a evil company called Silver Shamrock who manufactures Halloween masks. Really cool, like a skeleton, a, go- a skeleton, a pumpkin, and a witch masks. And they're like the Halloween masks that all the kids have to get. And they're advertised on television constantly. And the whole idea is... You get your mask for Halloween, you go trick-or-treating, then you come home and you watch the special Silver Shamrock programming, like the special that goes with it. Mm-hmm. But what Tom Atkinson uncovers this plan that this company has to blow up all of the children. <laughs> so the masks have this like thing inside that melts their brains and turns them into like snakes and spiders and creepy crawlies. What? Uh, because Silver Shamrock, Shamrock related to Ireland, related to the Celts, related to pagans. Okay. The connection okay. is that it is like a druid sacrifice to the gods to sacrifice all these children. But of okay. course, you know, historically, we're, we don't know if um, the Celts ever sacrificed. A lot of our knowledge of the Celts come from the Romans because the Romans murdered and killed off the Celts. So when we read our history about the Celts, we have to realize it's all coming through a the like oppressor <laughs> lens. Right. So whenever there's stuff about like Celts sacrificing, it's like, well, you know, maybe, but Romans had a lot to gain by thinking that, or showing everybody that the Celts were barbaric. So not to go like totally real history on what is clearly like a very fun, silly third entry in a franchise, but I had to say it. The thing with Michael Myers though, is when I said before, like I can get behind, it's not like I can get behind the behaviors. It's just, I can get behind the reasoning. Like, Psychopaths exist, and it's much more terrifying, in my opinion, to follow along a serial killer. And, like, you can't really get in their heads. They're just doing the thing to do the thing because that's what they do versus mm-hmm. trying to, say, br- uh, make some sort of connection uh, in the way that maybe Season of the Witch does, which is it's because of this. Like like you said, I think I I would prefer a movie that had 
just, yeah, this guy is insane. He wants <laughs> to sacrifice children because he's fucking nuts. Like, that's so much scarier. Yes, well, yes, it, exactly. if that's the case, Nadia, you might not like the fourth, fifth, and sixth films in the series as much. Oh, no. Well, very supernatural. A lot of weird shit happens. Uh, we can hop into those. Yeah, uh, so this is the one that I was calling the Michael Myers timeline, which is maybe not accurate, but... Because he's in all of them, so yeah. it's... <laughs> but, <laughs> It's definitely, uh, I would call it the Jamie Strode timelines. This is about Laurie Strode and Jamie Strode. So uh, in the beginning of four, the return of Michael Myers, uh, we don't see Laurie Strode anymore. And it's conveyed to us through a conversation that EMTs are having that Laurie Strode died in a car accident and left her daughter, Jamie, all alone. And now she's hmm. living with a foster family. Okay. So these EMTs are having this conversation. What's happened to Michael Myers is so remember, we go from the second one where we thought he died in uh, he was shot at he was on fire. We think he's dead. Turns out he's been in a coma for the last 10 years. This is 1988. So he's being transferred from one medical facility to another medical facility. And everyone's like, don't worry. He's been in a coma for 10 years. He's practically dead. So he's in the stretcher and, you know, knocked out. <laughs> and when he hears that Laurie Strode is dead and her daughter still lives, it like pops him out of the coma. He kills the two AMTs and he heads back to Haddonfield so that he can kill his, what, niece? Sister, yes, that he can kill his niece. So this is this one's all about trying to kill the niece. Um, what happens in it is that he, uh, again, seems like he is dead. He gets hit by a car that is being driven by Jamie's foster sister. Jamie hops out of the car. She goes over to him. She's feeling some sort of a connection to him. He's her uncle. She touches him. The foster sister is like, get away from him. Don't touch him. Some kind of like zippy zappy moment happens and he, we think that Michael's dead. Uh, fast forward to they're back at their home and Jamie kills her foster mother and Dr. Loomis, who we haven't even talked about, but is like the doctor that's been caring for Michael. He's like the one guy who's in every single one until mm -hmm. he dies during the filming of six. I love Dr. Loomis. He's always constantly saying like, Evil is in your little town. He has the darkest eyes, the devil's eyes. Just like the most quotable <laughs> stuff. I love Dr. Loomis. He's totally deranged and the only person who knows how to wrangle Michael and take him seriously. He's a hero. Um, so he he's trying to get to Jamie and he sees that like Jamie now is in the clown costume that Michael wore when he was a kid and, and she has these scissors and they're bloody and she killed and he's like, no, now he like... His Michael Myers murderous tendencies are now in Jamie. Ah, and it ends like that. Uh, and then the fifth one, the um, revenge of Michael Myers. We wake up with Jamie who's in the hospital. She's trying to scream. She can't, her voice is gone and she's getting premonitions. So this is sort of like a Harry Potter vibe to it where she can see what Michael's doing. Mm -hmm. So she sees who he's killing. Now she's not murderous anymore. She's like a sad little girl who's trapped in the hospital who's trying to prevent more Michael killings. Um, then Michael that gets seems like a lot to put on a kid, right? It's a lot. It's just, that's yeah, a, lot it's a lot to put. Like, <laughs> like the entire time because she's mute now. Which she's only eight. That's <laughs> too much to put on a child. L listen, little girl, yeah. you have to stop Great. the serial killer. Come on. 
Well, everyone keeps saying like, oh, she's got to calm down. She's getting all sweaty, but she's no one to take her seriously. And she's like, Michael Myers is going to kill my foster sister. And everyone's like, you could never know that. Time to go to sleep. <laughs> yeah, that's another thing that... Um... I, I don't know how horror movies, like think of how many horror movies from the nineties and earlier. I mean, no, think of how many horror movies in general couldn't exist or like wouldn't move forward as a plot. If it didn't hinge on not believing a woman. Yes. Like every totally. horror movie is like, you're just tired. That person who you think is dead left for vacation. You're just, <laughs> um, the only reason you think that there's a killer is because you were chased by a killer last year and they never found the body. Chill out. <laughs> yes. You're so true. Every single franchise entry is somebody telling the main character to calm down. Yeah. And maybe that's why I like it so much is that I'm like, she's right. Like I like, <laughs> it's like, it's very realistic. I think that's what would happen in real life. A bunch of people would tell you you're making too big of a deal about it. They just want to have brunch. Stop being that fun. Why are you such a downer? And then <laughs> they'd all get hacked to death, which is eventually kind of satisfying. So you're like, yeah. I think the takeaway is believe women or die. Mm -hmm. um, so at the end of this one, Michael Myers gets thrown in jail. Finally. Um, I mean, of course, you know, defend police a cab open the prisons but in this case i do love to see michael myers behind bars um he gets let out at the last moment though by a shady man in black who's this shady man uh -oh. uh, well that'll take us to the curse of michael myers which gets real funky this is my least favorite one i think between this and resurrection they're like kind of tied for like not a fan but like Resurrection has something going for it. Curse has Paul Rudd. Yes. So that's uh, positive. He was also in, uh, oh no, Tommy Doyle, the guy he plays, first appears in Halloween and then Halloween 2 and like a teeny tiny bit in Halloween 4 because he's one of the kids that yeah. was being babysat. Yeah, uh, exactly. Um, yeah, Laurie Strode's in the, kind of like the main boy that Laurie Strode is watching in the first one. So it's kind of fun to have that character come back. Yeah. Um, I think in the next one that David Gordon Green is doing, Halloween Kills, I believe that actor and Kyle Richards, who played Lindsay, one of the other kids being babysat, are going to be reprising their roles as those kids as adults. Yes. Kyle Richards of The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Yes. Will, will people be, don't know. I love that. Starred in Halloween and, and the Escape to Witch Mountain. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, so that's exciting. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited for that. Um, so I do really like the way that they continually pull characters. This is where I think that the Halloween franchise is the best franchise because it keeps, like, everything takes place in Haddonfield. Like, occasionally they're at another hospital, um, but they're always coming back to Michael Myers' house. They're, it's always about Laurie Strode and the Strode family and anyone connected to her. And it's very, like single-minded and there's not like a ton of random characters each time and i like that about it a lot like it's very mm -hmm. focused for even though it's bonkers it's really focused in a way that i don't think like nightmare on elm street and friday the 13th are 
Yeah, I feel like maybe Scream or or film now. Now I would say now 2020 and beyond. There's definitely a focus on world building and what is the universe and bringing back things. And I yeah. think people are way more obsessed with figuring out Easter eggs that will lead to the next thing. So if you build any kind of franchise, people are just like, oh, but this is a thing from that, and then they want things to carry over. Whereas. I think they were thinking of this stuff uh, way back when, when you just had to like rewatch and rewatch and be a total nerd about these. Mm-hmm. Um, you didn't have 400 content farms trying to yeah. talk about the same topics over and over again. You could make a movie without the Redditors. <laughs> yes, exactly. But now, but like, I think it is smart of them to do this in the past and go like, hey, let's look at what we have. Why reinvent the wheel? With the exception of all the times they've reinvented the wheel. Well, they're trying to do both. They're like keeping one, they're keeping like the general framework and then they're like, like in Curse, they're like, what if the reason that Michael is doing this is because he's part of this ancient witchcraft cult called the the Curse of Thorn. And if you have the Curse of Thorn, it means that you want to kill everyone you've ever been related to. And so the idea is that there is this like, a group of witches who have all worked at the mental facilities that Michael has been at, and they want to allow him to live out the cor- the curse of Thorn and kill everybody so that the curse can be like vanquished or whatever. So Tommy Doyle uncovers this crazy curse using like runes, and like he's been using he's been <laughs> the look on your face. I love I just love the casual uh use of runes like he's j- like like this <laughs> the other thing it's movie is going for is Paul Rudd and runes which is something I loved as a 12 year old and used to check books out of my local library about Paul, Paul Rudd Rud- new never mind keep going Paul <laughs> Rudd nope it's not gonna happen I don't know why I'm trying again <laughs> So that's that one. And Jamie, there's also like weird incest that like Jamie, Michael Myers kidnaps Jamie when he gets out of the jail and he like captures her and fathers her child. Oh, that's God. Like really quick in the beginning. I don't like it. I'm not for it. So Jamie gets killed by Michael and then Tommy Doyle saves the baby and then maybe raises it. But we never, this timeline ends with curse. So we don't know. There's actually this open end that somebody wanted to get real wild with it. <laughs> that's that's where you come in. That can be your pitch. That'll be mine. Yeah. Instead of like, yeah, David Gordon Green and Danny McBride did all these interviews leading up to Halloween, the 2018, where they're like, sequels are shitty. We hate sequels. All these other ones were shit. And like, I get it. And sure, this is your defense for why you're pretending none of them happened and they're just picking up with yours. But then can we talk about how the success of yours is leading to two more sequels. Right. Sequels are fine as long as you're making money. Like, you're better than everybody else. It just drove me crazy because the other movies are not... It just feels like you're not a fan if you don't like the other ones because then you're like, okay, great, you like the first movie, but there's a whole world here you're ignoring because you want to all of a sudden be the king of this franchise that you didn't even create. Sorry, I have a lot of problems with them. (laughs) And it's like, can't you just like, can't we all just be like, hooray, there's a thing that we all love and know what's cool. We all love different things about it. Isn't that nice? Exactly. Exactly. I totally agree. And it's like, if 
let's say there was only 1978. I doubt you'd be able to have the like push behind you to make 2018 yeah. because you couldn't have created a world. So it's just very short sighted and like a little egotistical. And like, I get it when you're promoting something, you have to be like, here's my reason for doing this. But I think What's interesting, too, is they use a ton of Easter eggs from all the different movies in 2018. There's a lot of homages to it. So it just feels weird to me that it's like you're making money off of something. You're only able to be successful because of the success of the franchise. And yet you're going to like poo poo it. Yeah. I mean, if they wanted to do their own thing, they should just do their own thing. You could absolutely do a parody version or do something that's like a fun spin on a Michael Myers-esque guy. Yeah, we all know is Michael Myers, but isn't Michael Myers because legal reasons? It's (laughs) his name is Mike Myers, and he says, "Yeah, baby, I'm gonna kill you." That's the Love Guru, isn't it? (laughs) Oh fuck, you're right. They already made this movie. It's called the Love Guru. (laughs) Unwatchable. Um, so then we have the Rob Zombie Halloweens, which I know you guys said you didn't really like, uh, but generally speaking as a timeline, if one was going to watch these two, is there anything that they should know? Just, they totally exist on their own. Yeah. They're total reimaginations, which I, you know, speaking of what we were saying about David Gordon Green is like, at least Rob Zombie was like, I see what you're doing. I want to do it my way which Mm -hmm. is extremely cynical and outrageously nihilistically violent so he he did it and i like them because they are 100 percent his vision and it takes what john carpenter created and he puts him his stamp on it which i think as an artist is really cool when people do that and i i like the idea of a remake what that's just saying i want to do it my way more than just being like, I have a better sequel than the other six sequels because I'm smarter. Yeah. Uh, and so I don't like the Rob Zombie movies only because it's just not my style. I think I think that his stuff is can be fun, but more often than not, it's like just depresses me with the nihilism. It just has like a the world is shit, so fuck it mentality that I just can't. I can't wake yeah. up. They're with that attitude. Yeah, they're um, so bleak. But yeah. one of the stars of Halloween and Halloween 2 in the Rob Zombie verse is the uh, original actress who played uh, the little girl in Halloween 4 and 5. Yes. So that's, yeah. that's a fun little, you know, tie it and all that's together. Mean, that's such a great point. That's very meaningful to Halloween. Um I guess the other thing I'll say about Rob Zombies that I like is that it tries to examine the psychopath and where the psychopath comes from. So it shows Mm. little Michael Myers and the ways in which he was like abused by his father and had a neglectful mother and how not having emotional support can push a kid towards psychopathy if they already are maybe like not having it all together. So there's some interesting exploration of that. Yeah, that's interesting because I feel like that's a thing I see not necessarily more and more, but I think as people kind of do due diligence or certainly as maybe psychology has become more accepted, maybe that's the key. Uh, You see this as more of a thing. I think no matter what kind of story you're telling, you see people going like, ah, they're a killer, but there's humanity behind that killer. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think it really depends on what you're going for. With something like a Dexter, he is our main character, and you got to root for him for 
un- untold number of seasons. So we need to be like, yeah, we like the serial killer because he's a good serial killer. And he, you know, his dad figured it out. And he's not just like some eight year old boy who puts birds in a microwave. He's going to put bad guys <laughs> in a microwave. But it's still weird. It's still <laughs> weird for me to like wrap my head around. Now, I that could just be me. But there is something about it that makes me go like, I get it. I get that mentality, but especially when, like, we know how much of the Michael Myers world is about just this guy is crazy. I go, is this really the place we want to take it? I don't know. I could be wrong, though. Yeah, there's a lot of, like, um, in there, like, it's either like, oh, we've got to explain why he is so slow and unkillable, or oh, we've got to explain why he's psychotic. And for me, I'm just like, you know what? Put a man in a mask and have him chase people, and I'm set. Um, so when you think about the chronology of all the Halloween stuff, basically, it really starts with 63 because that's when young Michael Myers stabs his sister on Halloween night. Yes. Then we get to 78. Mm-hmm. Then from that point, it's like pretty much 88. Yeah. It, or yeah. Then it, then it pretty much goes in order. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Then it veers to either doing return revenge curse or H2O resurrection or um, 2018. Okay. So if somebody was like, I'm one of those people that wants to watch it specifically in the the time the the time of which time actually is chronological and i don't believe in any other way to do it that's how they would start they would start with halloween halloween 2 and then eventually veer off um, yeah you shouldn't watch i think a lot of people i heard did watch the new one which i just don't feel like would have the same oomph if you no absolutely one. not i think it it no, I would definitely hold off to to really appreciate yeah. it. But if you're trying to like, let's say you don't want to make a huge investment, but you want to be familiar with the world, then do 1978, the original John Carpenter, Deborah Hill one, and do the new one. Okay. Or if you want to do a mid-level investment, number one, number two, H2O and Resurrection. How would you feel about any kind of Halloween prequel? So something, I know that Rob Zombie's kind of do, he did that a little bit because he's like trying to figure out what the deal is with Mike Myers, his brain as a kid and how Mm -hmm. fucked up he grew up. But I'm wondering what it would be like to see Michael Myers up to that 1978, like basically everything leading up to Halloween night. Is that something that is of interest or are we like, leave it alone, do a new thing? I'm into that. I'm I'm interested in like the night. I always thought the beginning of Halloween was too quick. Like yeah. it starts with uh, the POV. So it's the camera, you know, watching the sister who we don't know is a sister. So watching a young woman and a boy go run upstairs and like clearly they're going to have sex. And the, the POV is walking around the house, picking up a knife, going upstairs, watching the boy leave, seeing the, the woman naked and then stabbing her to death. Like all of this is POV behind a mask. And so it's not, and then it's revealed in the next scene when POV changes to like a camera wide of this of this little boy and these two, this mom and dad being like Michael, and it's just a little boy holding a knife, and then you're like, wow, how did this little boy like what happened before this? Mm-hmm. It just escalates to him killing a sister at age eight, which is such a young age to stab someone to death multiple times. Yes, yeah. especially without. Um 
especially just going down the path of, oh, he's crazy, as opposed to where I think other films might take it, which was he was possessed. Runes, runes. Runes, runes. Look at all the runes. (laughs) Hey, why is he crazy? I don't know. Here's some runes. (laughs) Throwing runes into your face and you shut up and um yeah no this is interesting to me that they're like yeah let's just get into it because we need to get to the 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 jamie lee curtis has to fight him off of it all because i'm with you where i'm like well but what about the whole he went to an institution as a child yeah in the 60s is is it him and well and then we get a lot of exposition from donald pleasant's character dr loomis when they're like drive he's driving with the nurse to go get michael from this asylum and it's like Oh, you know, he never talked. I worked with him for, you know, the last 15 years. He never said anything. Calls him an it. He's not like a real person. He's the devil. So there's just a lot of like, it's very hyperbolic. And I would Mm -hmm. love to see some scenes. And I don't know if this is just like institutionalizing somebody was such a nightmare. I do have a Michael Myers related question. Um, I don't know why I said that as if it was a huge change of topic. How would you feel? All right. So you've waited the extra year. Halloween Kills is is in theaters. You're seeing it not even opening night. You're seeing it at, at midnight the night. Not even midnight the night before. You're at a 7 p.m. screening the Thursday before. Opening scene begins and Michael Myers is running. How would you feel if Michael Myers ran? I would be shocking. And it would, I think, be a little funny. It would take some of the menace out of it for some reason, even though it would make him faster. I think it would irritate me very much. So, like, I don't like the Dawn of the Dead where the zombies are fast. Like, yeah. It's too, too easy to trip, too easy to make, make a fool of yourself if you're running. He's very smart by being deliberate and slow. Yes. No, I see him, like, running and then falling over and getting up and being like, oh, hmm, yeah. rushing collar how dare <laughs> you know who runs after their victims the killer in scream and he's constantly getting hit in the face and knocked that's over true. and tripped that's what's really great about scream too just the implication that this is a real person it's like mm-hmm. the constant reminder that the person who's coming after the person who plays ghost face is someone that knows you is someone that you know mm-hmm. i think that's a really good implication with the running and the falling that you yeah. don't see they're humanized yeah steve i never thought about that Really good point. Yeah, I, it's all I think about is like, man, it's so scary, which is crazy because he's just walking. Like, mm-hmm. but that's uh, because it also for me what it triggers is like I'll have those dreams. Um, I'm sure we all do, but like where you're trying to run and no matter what, you just can't. Like you're just not going that's fast enough, and it always makes me think of like when I see it happen in the, in a Halloween movie or, or a Jason mm-hmm. movie, I know that feeling or, Oh, mm-hmm. nightmare before nightmare before in nightmare before Christmas with Freddy Krueger. Uh, <laughs> Maybe the mashup is Jack Skellington against uh, Michael Myers. There it is. Something that really cracks me up about the idea of not just uh, a Michael Myers that runs, but just like a jaunty walk. Like, <laughs> yeah. like, I, like a guy in a musical who's got like a top hat and a cane. I put him in a barbershop quartet outfit. Yes. There's something very, very amusing to me about that. Yeah, it's it's so much fun. Any little tweak makes it so much funnier because of how stoic he is. Right. Yeah, imagine, like, even if it was just, like, he, like, stumbles, like, his foot catches on a root. <laughs> <laughs> 
the time it's he just does yeah, when he does fall, it's always like whoop. Like it's yeah. like very quick, and then he's like sits back up again. It's uh, these very uh, jerky movements. Oh, the core strength for how he's able to sit up, mm-hmm. um, just like completely flat on his back, and then without moving his legs, just yeah, right know. angle. Yeah, that's yeah, a hinge. Yeah, it's crazy. I guess because like, in the mental institution, I don't know if it's like regular jail or it's like not a lot to do, gotta work out. So Must that's why be. he's so strong. You know what I think takes some of the fear out of it for me when I rewatch is realizing in the first one that he's 21. And he's just like this. Yeah, because he's eight and then 15 years go by. Uh, yeah. Or no, he's six and then 15 years go by. Yeah. So that he's 21 years old. Like what? I'm sorry. I'm not scared of a 21 year old no matter yeah. how they are. that's like some beauty and the beast logic where it's like nope <laughs> that's wrong but just the age yeah. what you're telling me just intellectually does not make sense sorry exactly. yeah no totally because then it's like oh okay you're just like this strong 21 year old like are you working out with like the riverdale trainers how <laughs> <laughs> yeah are you are you are you on the same plan as kj appa yeah, exactly. <laughs> Constantly rolling tires. <laughs> hey, Tomlin Brenner, thank you so much for coming on. Why do you know that? Well, thank you for having me. This is such a delight. I honestly never get sick of talking about this. So I'm glad that you guys are so into it also. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you so much for... Uh, for I, I love all your different names for each timeline. And honestly, it makes me want to go watch these now. Um, that's, that's, I really think that people need to to see it if they want to have fun, if they want to do like a fun binge this season. 11 films, I mean, the, and I think you could skip the Rob Zombie ones if you don't like a lot yeah. of like visceral violence and gore and just watch the other ones. Um, but yeah, I mean, you get like nine, nine to 11 films. Come on, you're set. Yeah. Absolutely. And you're it, set for the whole month. You're set for the rest of the year, frankly, yeah. if you don't and watch that many movies. For our friends who have cable, AMC every year plays like all of them. Yep. Um, they're all available on AMC. I guess not available. They're all playing on AMC. Yeah, so. like regularly. Mm-hmm. That's one of the reasons I got really into it is because, you know, the, the 31 Days of Fear or whatever they call it, they've been doing that for like at least a decade. Yeah. So I every year, that's how I got into... Um, like four and beyond until until I saw them on AMC. I had only seen the first three. And so watching them like over and over and over every Halloween, I was like, wait, this is the greatest series of all time. <laughs> Take that, Godfathers. Yeah. There's <laughs> only yeah. two good Godfather movies. Yeah. S- suck it, young Sofia Coppola. <laughs> yeah. See if, uh, but David Gordon Green can uh, remake it. After the first one, he's going to take it from there. Sure. Well, he's going to because he's smarter than everybody. Uh, (laughs) Is there anything that you'd like to plug at this time? Uh, Yeah. Well, if you uh, like my input on movies and my uh, dogged dedication, I do have a film podcast also called You Need to See This. That's about underrated films. And then, uh, like you said, my intro, I have a Halloween podcast and it is a all year round Halloween podcast because I love Halloween all the time and it's a deep dive on history and everything related to Halloween and horror. Um, so to come check that out. And uh, I used to do comedy. I don't like doing <laughs> shows. 
So you can't really see me perform, but honestly, same. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. If you like what you heard, tell everyone you know every way you know how. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review, and be sure to go back and listen to our older episodes if you missed them. We talked about some weird stuff. And be sure to follow us on Instagram at Why Do You Know That Pod or on Twitter at Why Do You Know Pod. They're different. And if you've got questions, comments, concerns, whatever, be sure to email us at Why Do You Know That Pod at gmail.com. Let's do this again sometime. Uh-huh.